0: Love Talk Radio. What up? Welcome to the Koi Pond and Water Garden Podcast. A podcast for the aquatically obsessed with your host, Mike Gannon, the pond hunter. In pursuit of all things aquatic, bringing you Koi Pond and Water Garden advice straight from the field. The show starts now. Hey, hey, hey. Rocky Hollow Gold, y'all. Hey. Welcome to the Koi Pond Water Garden Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Gannon. This is the place to be if you're into Koi Ponds, water gardens, water features, and all things aquatic. This is episode 75, and uh, I'm happy to be here, sharing a bit of time with you all, talking about what else but ponds. And lucky for us that ponds is a pretty big topic. As you work your way through all 75 of the Koi Pond Water Garden podcast episodes, you'll find hours of content covering all topics in the realm of pond keeping, fish, koi fish, goldfish, comets, bunkin' plants, hardies, tropicals, submersibles, marginals, how to manage ponds, water features, overflowing urns, waterfalls, fountains, spitters, bubblers, pond design naturalistic design different methodology formal gardens all sorts of great stuff and guest visits with some really great pond professionals as well so be sure to check them all out this is kind of a milestone episode 75 and it's brought to you by that pond place that pond place is the newest destination location for everything koi pond water garden and water feature located in the beautiful highlands of new jersey on Route 57, 2656, Route 57, in Stewartsville, New Jersey, that pond place. Come check it out and find everything you need for pond keeping excellence. Plants, fish, supplies, you name it, that pond place has it. Come and check them out. Again, in the beautiful highlands of Stuartsville, New Jersey, 2656, Route 57, that pond place. Come on down and check them out. In this episode, I am continuing in the series of podcasts that are focusing on pond keeping and its relation to conservation. Many, if not most, pond keepers will get into the pond keeping lifestyle and hobby because they enjoy koi fish, goldfish, or water gardening, or any combination thereof. But in these particular episodes of this podcast, I'm going to dive into the conservation-based aspects of pond keeping. Now, whether you're into ponds for the fish, the plants, maybe the simple aesthetics of having a beautiful water feature, you're also going to experience and contribute to conservation. The impact of conservation will be there whether it's your intention or not, so you may as well enjoy it. And take note of the big impact even the smallest of features will have on your local landscape. Even a simple bird bath makes an impact. Imagine what a koi pond water garden does. So I've been working in the pond industry for a bit over 25 years now, spent a lot of time in the field, spent the whole day in the field today. Now I'm knocking out a podcast and I've seen how all the water features that I've designed, installed and managed have a most definite and pretty clearly recognizable impact on conservation and other ponds that I see, not just the ones that I build. Um, I'm a pond professional, so I work with ponds every day. My company is a pond company, (laughs) Full Service Aquatics, and uh, Full Service Aquatics is based in Stewartsville, New Jersey, and we design, install, and provide services for all type and size of koi ponds, water gardens, waterfall displays, and water features. We create some really amazing and beautiful pondscapes. If you want to check out my company, please visit FullServiceAquatics.com. Give me a call, 908-277-6000. And uh, we're based in New Jersey. We service parts of New York and Pennsylvania as well. And we do projects anywhere. So if you want to talk about a project, give me a call. Uh, We go anywhere for those. And I'm happy to see what we can create for you, a pond you can live with. FullServiceAquatics.com. Anyway, this micro series of podcasts will keep the focus on conservation. And in this episode, we'll, we'll keep the focus on some of my very favorite critters, frogs and toads. We'll even touch on some other amphibians, such as newts and salamanders, axolotls as well, <clears throat> since you may find all sorts of them capitalizing on or perhaps in your pond. So how do ponds and conservation and frogs all fit together? Well, conservation is the protection, preservation, management, or restoration Of wildlife and natural resources such as forests and water. Through the conservation of biodiversity, the survival of many species and habitats, which are threatened due to human activities, can now be ensured. Other reasons for conserving biodiversity include securing valuable national resources, uh, natural resources for future generations, and protecting the well-being of ecosystem functions. Conservation is broadly categorized into two types. There's in-situ conservation, ex-situ conservation. In-situ deals with naturally occurring habitats, species, ecosystems, and those elements of biodiversity. Ex-situ more deals with conservation of elements of biodiversity out of the context of the natural habitats. Think about zoos and aquariums and uh, arboretums, botanical gardens, these type of conservation efforts or ex situ and this is where ponds kind of lay ponds as far as i can tell live in the ex situ category so we're adding ponds into an environment where there was not one so these are not naturally occurring bodies of water yet they'll function like them and um frogs and frogs and toads are immediately attracted pretty much i mean immediately attracted it's amazing how quickly you'll find them um It seems like frogs and toads are all around you, whether you realize it or not, and adding a pond into an environment will give the pond keeper the opportunity to possibly start seeing all of these froggy amphibious critters hidden in the world around you. They'll start to come out and present themselves. Many pond owners will find themselves hosting a frog, toad, or other amphibians, that somehow find their way into their ponds. Even in areas that seem to be void of anything froggy, if you build a pond, they will come, invited or not. The presence of frogs and toads adds another dimension to enjoying the pond-keeping lifestyle. They add some personality, too. Sometimes pond-keepers will introduce frogs or tadpoles, uh, but frogs always seem to find our ponds on their own as well. How do they find our ponds anyway? I, I actually don't know how they do it. I mean, my, my guess is they can pick up on water vapors or something like that. But anyway, I, uh, I think that's what happens. I think that's what happens. I think also from a conservation perspective, having the patience for the critters to show up, and they will, is better than introducing them to your pond. The conservation goal would be to provide a pond for the local species of animals instead of introducing them. (laughs) Frogs and toads are more than just a pretty face and beautiful voice that our backyard ponds feature. They add to the biodiversity of species that our ponds support, along with fish, plants, insects, and other wildlife. They help to create a more complete ecosystem. So, What can we expect from these visitor come residents of our ponds? For some frogs and toads, they're a welcome presence. For others, not so much. It seems that it's always been this way. Frogs have an ancient history and struggle with mankind, even to the point of plaguing the ancient Egyptians. Frogs, it's one of the most famous stories in all of history. Frogs have been with us since our most ancient histories, stories, fairy tales, myths, superstitions. These days, frogs and toads conjure up the contemporary image of sitting on a lily pad, sounding off with intermittent peeping, croaking, and groaning, lazing the days away. <clears throat> we don't worry too much about magical frog potions these days. It's a lot more fun to us for us to laugh at them in Budweiser commercials while sitting on our couches. But there's much more to these formidable backyard pond inhabitants. So get off the couch, step up to the pond. Frogs and toads come in many shapes, sizes, and colors across a broad spectrum of habitats around the globe. All frogs and toads start their life in the water, but their habitats go well beyond the water, well beyond the pond, outside the pond. Being found above and below ground, above and below water in trees grasses jungles cities and numerous other combinations of habitats (coughs) excuse me even invading our homes but always near water the frogs struggle continues to this day with global populations of frogs and amphibians generally declining at an alarming rate from factors like habitat loss pesticide use and sometimes losses occur without explanation. The backyard pond could play a role in the conservation of frog populations. The reality that frogs have been around 190 million years and are disappearing before our eyes is a heartbreaking statistic. Let's keep frogs with us a while longer. Frogs are amphibious, That should be the first clue that frogs are not lazy little critters hanging around the pond, but amazingly resilient. Frogs easily transition from skillful swimmers, submerged below water, to fully adept land rovers, negotiating land, rocks, plants, and trees with great ease and leaping great distances with great speed. Many frogs have the ability to change color on demand. Frogs use these natural-born skills for the purpose of hunting. Yes, and mating and getting, you know, reproduction. Frogs are voracious carnivores, insectivores, predators. They sport a long muscular tongue to help capture prey. Like a true predator, frogs have amazing almost 360 degree eyesight. Their excellent hearing comes not only from the huge eardrums mounted on the side of their heads, but they hear through their skin as well. Frogs are mostly nose in their body makeup. Think about a frog. Their body is mostly nose, and they have a piercing sense of smell. Because frogs have no teeth, they swallow their prey whole. Adult frogs and toads will hunt and eat insects, worms, snails, dragonflies, mosquitoes, grasshoppers. Larger frogs and toads will also go after small animals, mice, snakes, birds, other frogs, small turtles, even small fish from our ponds, if they can fit in their mouths. Generally, I would say frogs are going to go after uh, sick and weak fish. So in many ways, it is the circle of life. Frogs have plenty to worry about, too. Bigger frogs want to eat them. It doesn't matter that their skin is toxic and they taste horrible. Herons, raccoons, snakes, turtles, fox, big fish, possum, French restaurants, and others want to eat frogs. It's interesting to see wildlife in your yard. It's disturbing to see a chef in your backyard though. All of these species just mentioned, all these animals that want to eat each other, all start to interact around the pond. Species that weren't there before, now they are. An ecosystem develops around the pond. A food web, habitat is created. Places to reproduce and proliferate the species are created. Food and water supplies are created. It's pretty amazing it's without a doubt conservation happening right in our own backyard or wherever the pond may be frogs are mostly solitary only congregating for the most part during breeding season once frogs and toads are established they may reproduce in the pond and sustain the population year after year salamanders and newts if you have them local locally which I do here in New Jersey they also will use the pond to lay their eggs Salamanders and newts also have a tadpole stage once the egg sacs hatch. However, fish and even other frogs love to eat the egg sacs. Egg sacs of frogs and salamanders can be recognized by their round clusters and jelly-like appearance. Remember that, that they come in a cluster for frogs. Toad eggs, on the other hand, are laid in long strands. So when you look and you see those long strands of eggs, that's toad. Clusters are most likely frog or salamander. An interesting thing with the salamander uh, versus frog development, a good way to tell if if a tadpole is a salamander tadpole is that the front legs develop first on salamanders, whereas the back legs develop first for frogs. To keep your pond frog and toad friendly, be sure to add plants into the pond and around the pond, especially grasses. Provide an area with slow water flow. Frogs like quiet water. Provide some shelter within the pond, like a simple clay pot or something more elaborate should you choose. If you want to keep it real frog friendly, don't keep your pond too clean. And try adding a six-inch deep tray of compacted soil covered with gravel mulch as a place to dig in for the winter months. Dedicated wildlife ponds without fish can be easily constructed with minimal investment. If you build it, the frogs will come. The ecosystem will develop around it. Biodiversity in your area will increase a lot. A simple backyard pond will offer all the elements of conservation needed to keep frogs and toads, as well as other amphibians happy, habitat, food, water, and a place to reproduce a place where they are prey and predator. You have it all covered. You'll be doing a great service to the effort of conservation. When all these elements of conservation are going away in the world at large, you can make a difference in your corner of the world. Build a pond, everybody. Ponds for conservation. Thanks for joining me. I'm your host, Mike Gannon. I hope conservation will become part of your thought process when it comes to pond keeping. It's an incredibly important side effect of pond keeping, and ponds are a powerful tool for conservation efforts. Listen, we may be getting to con- pond keeping for everything but conservation, but whether you realize it or not, your pond keeping lifestyle is also well qualified as a conservationist lifestyle. You've begun the journey, you have a pond. If you want to take it a bit farther, there are organizations like SaveTheFrogs.com. You can visit their website and find them on Facebook save the frogs.com there are other conservation based groups to support as well tell them mike gannon and the koi pond water garden podcast sent you if you enjoy this content please give me a hand share rate and comment on these podcasts i appreciate it and remember this episode was brought to you by that pond place which is the newest destination location in the beautiful highlands of new jersey for koi ponds water gardens water features colorful koi fish, beautiful aquatic plants, and all sorts of supplies. That Palm Place located at 2656 Route 57 in Stewartsville, New Jersey. Come visit for the day. It's a great place. I think you'll love it. That Palm Place. You can also visit thatpondplace.com and find That Palm Place on Facebook, 908-329-6176. And if you want to find more content from myself, check out Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, you know, the regular platforms, and FullServiceAquatics.com. My phone number is 908-277-6000. You can email me at info at aquatics. And again, my company is Full service Aquatics, and we design, install, and provide services for world-class koi ponds, water gardens, waterfalls, and every type of water feature, FullServiceAquatics.com. We'll see you all next time on the Koi Pond Water Garden Podcast. Thanks for being with me and checking this out. Till then be well and share your pond keeping passion with those that you love and be kind to those around you. And I'll look forward to seeing you next time. We'll be covering some more in this trend of conservation and pond keeping. There's so much more to just this topic itself. It's huge. So we'll catch up with you soon y'all. All right, so stay tuned. You have been listening to the Pond Hunter radio broadcast on Blog Talk Radio with your host, Mike Gannon, the Pond Hunter. In the pursuit of all things aquatic, broadcasting Wednesday nights on Blog Talk Radio, the Pond Hunter, keeping it pondy for the aquatically obsessed. For the aquatically obsessed like you all. Thanks for watching, everybody. We'll catch you next time. Peace.